New policies, regulations, and laws come with any change of administration. With the inauguration of our 46th president, Joe Biden, and his vice president, Kamala Harris, it is important to understand the impact this new administration will have on the profession of occupational therapy. To help us get a read on what happens next, we checked in with AOTA leaders of Congressional and Federal Affairs, Sharmila Sandhu, who leads our Regulatory Affairs Department, and Heather Parsons, who heads our Congressional Affairs Department. We start with Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for having this conversation today. So from the federal affairs team, we work mostly with Congress on the passage of legislation. That legislation could address a new policy or it can be fixing an old policy. It can be something AOTA is taking the lead on that's a priority for us, or it might be responding to something that Congress is doing. And day to day, we work to build relationships with members of Congress so that we can have positive outcomes in legislation that they pass. But once a bill signed into law, it goes over to the executive branch agencies to implement the law. And that's where Sharmila's team comes in. Yes. Thank you, Heather. When that law is passed and it's sent over to the federal agency, that agency is responsible for implementing the law. And they most commonly do that by developing a series of regulations at the federal level. So we and in the regulatory affairs team really try to influence the development of those regulations so that they're the most accurate and friendly to promoting occupational therapy. Before we look to the future, I think it's important to first understand what happens to the bills the previous Congress was working on. Heather, can you shed some light on that? In short, we have to start all over. So at the beginning of every Congress, so every two years, every bill has to be reintroduced. Um, And then we also have to work to redevelop the support that we had in the past Congresses. So I do think that this process is going to take longer than usual this year with everything going on right now. So people may see a delay in our bills being reintroduced, but it's it's a start all over. I think at the last end of last Congress, they were into bill number 6000 and they start back over with bill number one. And now looking towards the new administration, a lot of practitioners are curious about how it will affect them and the services they provide. Can you both share what changes occupational therapists and occupational therapy assistants can expect, if any, because of this new administration? I think given how narrow the majority is in Congress, any policy that's going to pass is going to have to have broad support, which means that we may not see big sweeping changes like a big change to Medicare or a big change to to really any of the programs that we work in. So I find this atmosphere the kind where the federal affairs team can sometimes be the most effective. In terms of the Biden administration, we know um, that he is in the process of appointing his cabinet. There is a new um, Department of Health and Human Services administrator, Becerra, and our understanding is that he is friendly to many of the programs that occupational therapy practitioners provide services under. So Becerra was in the House of Representatives for two decades, and during that time, he was the lead on our bill to repeal the therapy cap. So that's really exciting to have someone who's been a champion of OT heading up that agency. 
Biden has also given speeches about providing services in the home and community. The administration, I think, will try to fix parts of the Affordable Care Act that were problematic from the beginning. And I think they're looking to implement new policies in that area, which I think will also be very favorable for us. We know that there are a number of programs already in place. We know that the former administration under Donald Trump was was interested in really reducing regulatory oversight in terms of the number of regulations. I do believe that some of those types of programs will continue. At the same time, there there has been a movement that we have to mention that would affect reimbursement in some cases negatively. We are looking at impacting those changes. At the same time, we know in the healthcare sector that there is growth that Heather mentioned related to home and community-based services where we see lots of opportunities. And we're also, we know there are some changes coming related to post-acute care. We know that the payment systems and skilled nursing facilities have shifted to something called the patient-driven payment model. And then in home health agencies, there was a shift in a payment model to something called the patient-driven groupings model. And those were efforts to make more consistent and contain payments. And, and that effort is only increasing on the federal level where there is an effort to move to a unified post-acute care payment model, which would mean that these settings would be paid similar amount regardless of the setting. And we have major concerns about that. So that's something that we've already started working on. The the other thing I thought I wanted to make sure we mentioned is in addition to COVID and you know really watching closely the public health emergency which is in effect, that will end at yeah. some point. And so we're looking really closely at how the transitions will occur from waivers that are allowed by practitioners under the public health emergency out back to a normal standpoint. One of the big wins there is in home health that through the legislation Heather mentioned, occupational therapists will be permitted to open home health care cases in 2022. And so we are preparing lots of education to try to really support those practitioners. In addition, related to COVID, we have done a great deal of work on telehealth and gaining occupational therapy access to telehealth during this time of the coronavirus epidemic. In addition to telehealth that Sharmila mentioned, I do think that COVID-19 brought out some of the challenges with mental and behavioral health. And I do think the administration will have some focus on there, especially as it relates to behavioral health in schools and supporting students. I think we'll also see a focus on health disparities, which is an opportunity to talk about our role in managing chronic conditions, but also an opportunity to help diversify our profession so we can better meet the needs of all of our clients. And then finally, I think there's been work on innovation programs to try to improve overall health care in our country. And how can we change those programs to try to improve the overall health of Americans? And as a final question, I think our listeners will be able to hear through this conversation the passion that you both have for this. And I'm curious to know what encourages both of you to continue to advocate for occupational therapy as a profession, but also occupational therapists. Sharmila, let's start with you. You know, I I really feel like the members of this organization are what kind of keeps me driven and I think the regulatory affairs team driven every day. 
We work very closely with experts to identify volunteers through membership who might be interested in contributing to policy and adding their expertise. Those members work extremely hard and provide tons of their time and resources to helping AOTA represent the profession at the national level and among their peers, their physician, nurses, dietitians, social workers. So we work really closely across healthcare in our role, and we work really closely with members who are very passionate and I think deserve a shout out here today for their efforts to really support the profession as it grows due to the fact that occupational therapy really practices across age ranges and the continuum of the population. And Heather, how about you? What encourages you to work so hard on this every single day? I think a lot of the work of the federal affairs team is really sales, right? And I have always said that the most effective salespeople are people who believe in what they're selling. And, you know, I really believe in what this profession can do and the difference we make. When I go into an office, I can see what challenges that office is trying to address. And I know there's usually a way occupational therapy can help address that challenge, which is fun and inspiring to me. But I will agree with Sharmila that it is the people, it's the occupational therapists, the occupational therapy assistants, it's the occupational therapy students that I get to interact with who are always the ones who energize me. During this past year with COVID, I really, really missed annual conference where you get to interact with all the practitioners and students and having an in-person Hill Day because that's what recharges me. It gives me the energy to do the work. And I know the entire federal affairs team really missed on those opportunities. Our virtual conference sort of gave us that little bump, but we were, we were missing having that interaction with the practitioners and the students who, who are my inspiration. 